0: This is Lon Taylor, the Rambling Boy, broadcasting live from Marfa Public Radio Studios in downtown Marfa on this perfect Friday in June. Oh, what is so rare as a day in June? James Russell Lowell wrote. Then, if ever, come perfect days, and he was certainly right. Several rambles back, I mentioned that in the early 1970s, when I was the director of the Weindale Historical Center at Round Top, Texas, I had worked with the Houston philanthropist Ima Hogg, who had donated Weindale to the University of Texas. This statement generated a dozen email requests that I say more about Miss Hogg which I am happy to do because she was a memorable Texan. She was born in 1882, the only daughter of Governor James Stephen Hogg, and was named after the heroine of a poem by her uncle, Thomas Elisha Hogg, entitled, The Fate of Marvin which featured a woman named Imogene, called Ima for short. She was somewhat sensitive about her unusual name and signed her letters I-Hogg. Her passport was made out to Ima Imogene Hogg, and her visiting cards said simply, Miss I-Hogg, Houston, Texas. She did not have a sister named Yura. That was an old political joke aimed at her father. However, there is a letter in her papers at the University of Texas from a woman in Florida who begins by saying, I am named after Anne, I'm a hog, and goes on to explain that her father was an admirer of Governor Hogg's politics, and so he named his children after the governor's children. She has brothers named Will, Mike, and Tom, she says, and concludes by writing, I have a sister named Yura. I was privileged to work with Miss Ima at Wyndale during the last five years of her life, and I gained an enormous respect for her abilities. Early in her life, she seriously studied music, and she became a Bach scholar. She carried a scholarly attitude into any enterprise she was involved with. At the same time, She had a down-to-earth, practical approach to matters. She firmly believed that any problem could be solved by a combination of common sense and elbow grease. One of the disconcerting things about Miss Ima was that her memory went back to the last years of the 19th century, and she had known people who were only names in history books to me. I once asked her what she did for amusement when she was in music school in New York between 1901 and 1903. She thought a minute and replied, Well, I helped Mrs. Davis with her Thursday afternoon receptions. What Mrs. Davis was that, I asked. Why Mrs. Jefferson Davis, Miss Ima replied. She went on to explain that after becoming a widow, Mrs. Davis moved to New York and held Thursday afternoon receptions for any Southerners who were in town and cared to call. I had a hard time believing that I was talking to someone who had known the First Lady of the Confederacy. She once greeted a group of visiting mayors from Hawaii who were touring Bayou Bend her home in Houston, which she had given to the Museum of Fine Arts to display her collection of American furniture. By saying to them, you are from Hawaii. I have met your queen. This drew startled looks from some of them who did not know that Hawaii had ever had a queen. It turned out that she had accompanied her father to Honolulu for the ceremonies accompanying the annexation of Hawaii in eighteen ninety-eight and had presented had been presented to Queen Liliokalani. Bisama had a sharp disdain for two things, self-importance and self-pity. She was a lifelong Democrat, but she was outraged when Texas House Speaker Gus Butcher, a Democrat from Brenham, tried to have a committee room in the Capitol named after himself. And her satisfaction was thinly disguised when he was subsequently indicted and sentenced for his involvement in a bank stock fraud. She was given to late-night telephone calls. And one night about midnight, she called me to ask if I knew how many people Governor Dolph Briscoe had on his staff. No, ma'am, I don't, I said, but I can find out in the morning and call you back. I already know, she said. 183. There was a short pause. "'My father had won,' she added, and hung up. "'My wife and I occasionally accompanied Miss Emma "'to Tuesday night Houston Symphony concerts at Jones Hall. "'One night we went with her to an all-Tchaikovsky program. "'She told us over dinner before the performance "'that she did not particularly like Tchaikovsky's music.' because she thought him too self-absorbed. The concert opened with Tchaikovsky's Fifth Symphony, which begins with eight notes, followed by a rest, a short period of silence. During the rest, Miss Ima said, in a voice that could be heard halfway across Jones Hall, self-pity, self-pity, He just wallows in it. Shortly before her death, Miss i and I were driving around on back roads near Wyndale looking at old houses. We came to one abandoned farmhouse surrounded by a picket fence that she wanted to take a closer look at. So I stopped the car and we both got out. She started toward a gate in the fence that I thought was padlocked. And I called out, Miss Hama, I don't think we can get through that gate. It turned out not to be locked. And she pushed it open, turned around with a triumphant grin, and said, can't is a word I don't know. Miss Hama died in London in August 1975 after falling while getting into a taxi cab her funeral was at bayou bend it was supposed to be held on the terrace overlooking her beloved garden but a sudden summer thunderstorm caused it to be moved inside the house the coffin was placed in the wide hallway and the guests crowded into adjacent rooms while rain poured down and lightning flashed. The light switches at Bayou Bend are on the floor to avoid marring the paneling of the walls, and people kept stepping on them, causing the lights to go on and off. The docents were going crazy, sure that people were pocketing the antique silverware. About halfway through the funeral liturgy, a bolt of lightning struck something in the garden, causing an enormous crash. A man standing next to me turned and said, Miss Ima just entered heaven. She'll shake things up there. You've been listening to Lon Taylor, the Rambling Boy. I'll be back at 11 o'clock next Friday with another story about Texas. In the meantime, remember that you can read The Rambling Boy in the Big Ben Sentinel every Thursday. This program was made possible by a generous grant from the Summerlee Foundation's Program in Texas History.